0: Hey everyone, it's Maurice. On the show this week is hip-hop extraordinaire and Chicago native Lupe Fiasco. It was an interview that we recorded a few months ago during a stay with us at Chow in Beijing. I was so excited for this interview as I'm a huge fan of his music and his work. Throughout the interview, we got the chance to speak to Lupe about his creative process, as well as his influences both musically and from his eccentric upbringing. It was the first interview he had accepted in a long time and we caught him during his trip around China, shooting for his new project, Beaten Path, a docu-series that follows Lupe as he explores China's martial arts history and emerging hip-hop scene. The project is the first from the new venture, Studio SV, created by Lupe as well as Bonnie Chan from Hong Kong, a new Los Angeles and Hong Kong-based content development, production, and financing company for high-end TV programming. We had a lot of fun with this interview. Lupe was fantastic. Uh, very generous with his time, and I'm very happy to have him here as I'm a big fan, as I said. Have I said that already? Anyway, um, here it is, Lupe Fiasco. Good morning. Thanks Good morning. for being with us today. Thank um, you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to be doing this. I'm actually a really big fan of your music. Thank you. Um, and I know you just mentioned you don't like doing interviews, so we appreciate it.
1: Oh, yeah, this is probably my first
0: serious interview, if it's serious, uh, in like maybe
1: four years. Hmm. Three or four years, yeah.
0: So, introducing um, hip hop extraordinaire, Chicago native, Lupa um, Fiasco. Thanks for coming with us today. Thank you. Uh, Philip, Philip Grever. Um, he is the founder of uh, Fake Music in China, in Beijing. Nice. He's a local, uh, very familiar with the local Beijing music scene, so I thought uh-huh. it'd be good to have him here. He's a DJ, um, he's a manager, um, so yeah, it's no. supposed to be a nice, chill conversation. Oh, cool, cool, yeah, cool. I don't cool. intend for it to be, you know, a serious interview.
1: Oh, no, the vibe is very, uh, very chilly.
0: it's <laughs> cool. Okay, cool. Um so, I mean, today, some of the things I just want to talk to you about is, you know, as a fan of your music, just kind of knowing some of your influences and, you know, what are some of your creative processes and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hip hop artists are kind of notorious for how they write. Um, and um, could you talk us through like how, you know, actually you go about writing music? I mean, do you sit down with a, um, with a notepad or do you actually just, you know, there, there's some, some things that some people do where they start. I think this is um, Rakim, who actually takes chunks of words and you know, puts them together. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious to see you know, how you kind of go about your, your your process, if you will.
1: Um, it, de- it depends on the project. Um, and it de- de- then it also depends on the, the level of seriousness of the project. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and if it's something where it's, it's very uh, light or superficial or for a check or something like that, right? Um, no seriously, uh, then it the the attention to detail is probably a little lax because normally, say if it's like a feature, mm-hmm. um, there's there's probably like they for like a single or like something for the radio or something yeah. like that, where you can't really go really deep, 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 because um, the radio just won't be able to you know absorb it and digest yeah. it. Um, so for things like that, the process is Probably like at the microphone,, mm-hmm. like maybe probably' had a beat might write a little bit, but it's when I say write, I mean actually on paper mm-hmm. or on a you know pad or whatever, nope iPad or whatever, um but normally it's I'll just do that to get it started, and then just kind of go into yeah. the booth and just start coming up with stuff. Um, but I also use that same process if I'm doing like a freestyle mm-hmm. or like a mixtape kind of mm-hmm. like rap over somebody else's music, mm-hmm. um, then I'll use the same process. I'll go in the booth and just just start kind of stream of consciousness and then kind of keep what is good and come back, think about it a little bit, come back, ask something else. But I'll, I'll probably never write, mm. probably never put pen to paper or, you know, finger to iPad um but if it's a very serious project and i have time um i think the longest project that i'm right now is like it's been like 4 years 5 years um and just 10 songs so just constantly adding little pieces mm-hmm. to these songs over the course of years um and as for a high level of detail or like a high level of uh uh conceptual like play mm-hmm. um so it depends, you know. Yeah. And then even, like, to finish, you know, so I'll, I'll say it's a serious project. I'll lay, you know, the r- actual writing pen to paper to get all the details, then record it, and then go back or come back to it with, like, a stream of consciousness kind of thing just to see if there's anything there, you know. So I might finish a verse and then, like, oh, I got these ideas now mm-hmm. that I'm at the mic and kind of embellish it a little bit more, so...
0: But I'm sure, you know, you said you wrote something through a four-year period. I mean, a lot of things can happen in four years. Um, does that change your perspective on how you, I mean, do you come back and go, like, oh, that's not what I really want to say? Or
1: No, not really. Not, 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 not a lot of things change. Uh, you know, people change. Mm. Uh, but the environment rel- kind of stays relatively the same. Um, and, of course, there's crisis. But, you know, some people like to document crisis and let crisis kind of inspire mm. what they do. I think for me, with this particular project, the 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 fundamental of it was so solid mm-hmm. that it was like impervious to you know any type of outside crisis over time. Like mm-hmm. something happened a year later, and then I needed to go back and cover that. I actually just do other songs, mm-hmm. you know. So when I have like a solid project, that's what I was saying. If it's a solid project, or it's completely locked in. Yeah. So I'll get all the beats. You know, four or five years in advance, mm-hmm. you know, and then start to kind of write to those, and that rarely ever changes. Yeah. Um, it's and if something does come up, a news event or some cultural trend or some, you know, something happens, mm-hmm. then I'll just do like a new song yeah. to kind of capture that moment. Um, so yeah, yeah. Okay. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty dynamic. Um, in the approach. In terms of how I actually think about writing and how I let the the words play with each other, but mm. the actual uh, uh, structure of the 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 composition is is very stable, yeah, you know once I have the idea, I have the title, I have the theme, that kind of sticks. that doesn't necessarily change
0: okay, cool. So it is, you know, you look at it much like a craft that you kind of keep going back to it too.
1: Yeah, like a movie, you know, like you think like cinematically or like a sculpture or like a painting, right? So you think like a painting might take two years Mm -hmm. you know, to do and you're not like oh, okay, I don't want to paint Mona Lisa no more, I'm going (laughs) to paint this. No, I want to add this and that. It's like, no, I'm going to paint Mona Lisa. It
0: kind of is what it is. Then
1: I'm going to paint Marilyn Monroe and (laughs) and I might paint them all at the same time Mm -hmm. but, you know, I'm not going to keep going back and Seeing what the world is thinking and coming back and changing it, or like with a movie, it takes you know, my friend just did a play. It took her twenty years, hmm. you know, to put this play together. So yeah,
0: yeah and you, you talked about inspiration, um, and I think you know, uh, you are, I mean, I know your music to be heavily influenced by you know a wide variety of different cultures, you know, you know fashion, faith, um, and literature. I mean, I, I heard you mention Hunter S. Thompson before as a, an mm-hmm. influence for your writing. Um, could you talk about some of the other influences, I mean, and inspirations? Um, I mean, what is it about them that kind of captured you? It's, it's curious to hear about it, too.
1: Oh, for Hunter? Mm. Or for Hunter specifically? Hunter
0: specifically? I mean, I, I'm I obviously a uh, fan of his work as well, mm-hmm. but, I mean, just wide-ranging. I mean, you seem to be absorb a lot of things that go on around you.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think Hunter's writing style is very... Uh, is is very interesting he's one of the few writers that actually can sit and read his entire book mm.
0: um almost like he's talking to you,
1: yeah, he has a very conversational um style, but then also the imagery that he creates um and then his use of language uh is is very like profound to mm. me. um and then his subject matter to a certain degree, it's, it's, he he's a you know it's the Gonzo style like I'm gonna approach you know this concept, or this theme or this event um which depending on what frame you look at, it could be very normal, very neutral, very um uh what's the word I'm looking for vanilla, mm-hmm. no very plain um but hunter brings his mind to it, whether it's through the lens of drugs or <laughs> intoxicants um but even through that he brings a another layer where you he exposes kind of like details in it that you would have never seen with the sober mind, mm-hmm. right? And not the sober mind in the sense that it's not drunk, mm-hmm. but just in the sense that the mind that is kind of-
0: It's an alternate state of consciousness almost. Like, yeah, that, like
1: like like the mind that has been trained to look at things in a certain way. Okay, Hunter's cool. able to break through those kind of um, formalities of culture, which locks us into seeing things in a certain way mm-hmm. consistently. Yeah, He's able to come in and kind of shake it up. Yeah. Um, and he does it very directly, you know? And it's not like some abstract crazy, you can't understand what he's saying. He's being mm-hmm. very like vague about things. Like he's very, very, you know, unambiguous about it. Mm-hmm. But the style of it is, is is the metaphors that he uses and all these things are just like, uh. so that spoke to me as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how does that, you know, inspire um, my art form? It's, it it kind of pops up here and there. It's not like I'm gonna write Hunter S. Thompson type raps. Yeah. Um, because I don't think I can. You know, I don't think I have the ability to maintain narrative that long. Um, a consistent narrative. But without it becoming mundane or something, you know, uninspiring. But him and amongst other writers, you know, a whole pool of, of influences and inspirations, um, to painters, mm-hmm. you know, so like Mark Rothko and okay. um to comedians, mm-hmm. you know, so like Bill Burr or oh, cool. uh yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's another community that's on the tip of my tongue. I can't think what it is, but just a whole pool of people who of creatives, right? Mm. Or, or people who create narrative and then how do they do it? Yeah. You know, and what is their style? And it might be something that's not necessarily for writing music. Mm-hmm. It might be something for performing, Yeah, you know? So you take something like the prodigy. So mm. it's like, how can I have the intensity of a prod prodigy performance while performing music inspired by Hunter S. Thompson mm. and Jay-Z, yeah, yeah, right? And so it's like, how can I have the coolness of Jay with the complexity of Hunter, but mm. with the energy of the prodigy? And then those become the the things, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like style-wise and actual content and mm. then performance, you know? So, and that's with everything. So from this, any environmentally, the unspoken things, dance, art, language cultures mm-hmm. you know hamburgers whatever <laughs> there's there's information and in everything that can be like extracted to inspire so i just don't limit myself to being able to extract that and distill mm-hmm.
0: that does that have a lot does that have anything to do with you kind of growing up in chicago i mean chicago is kind of notorious for its music and its legendary artists and mm-hmm. i mean from uh, muddy waters all the way to Frankie Knuckles and, and mm-hmm. well, Kanye, yourself, Common, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there's so much kind of going on. What did you kind of listen to when you were growing up in Chicago? I mean, was it always hip-hop? I mean, Or is it... What other influences have you kind of absorbed in music?
1: Um, like the formative periods. My formative period of music probably started when I was like maybe five. Um, and I say that that was music that I was listening to intentionally. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just kind of like in the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, And it was Tchaikovsky, right? Mm. And it was like Beethoven. It was like, listen, this is, I like this. And I would sit at the record player with my headphones on and I would be playing these vinyls of Tchaikovsky and Beethoven Mm. and Bach and whomever. Um, And I thought, and I I was, to this day, I'm still trying to figure like, where did that come from? Mm. The music was definitely, my father had a massive record collection. My mom's had a massive record collection. They were into music. My father was a musician, the whole thing, right? Mm. And it was like, how did I just land on that particular thing? And I think it was because of cartoons, right? Mm. So, cartoons had a lot of, the scoring was a lot of orchestral, symphonic music, and jazz, and like these other things. So, I think my ear got kind of tipped to that mm-hmm. unconsciously. And then it was like consciously, actively, what am I going to listen to? It's like, oh, I'm going to listen to what the cartoons are doing. And then that just develops, mm-hmm. you know? So, you enter music at that kind of a complex level, and then you start to like have an appreciation yeah. for that. Because if you can appreciate classical music um, and not be biased or racist, um, um, and I say that meaningfully. Mm. You can kind of appreciate all music, mm-hmm. right? It's fundamental, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, because it's very fundamental, very structured, very formal, very whole, calculated the yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And that l- that l- that plays into jazz and mm-hmm. other things. Um, and jazz has an orchestral foundation as mm-hmm. well, you know. So it comes from like marching bands and yeah, different yeah. instruments, and there's a formality to it, but. You know, you add in this this African rhythms and all these other things and it changes and then you add an improvisation on top of that and you break that up. So, mm-hmm. But anyway, listening to that and hip hop actually came through my father. So hip hop was kind of very unintentional. It was very like my father was playing N.W.A. and he was playing Public Enemy mm. Um and I would be in the car listening, and it was the, the content was absurd, right? Yeah. Um, but it was, was for, for NWA, not for Public Enemy, but yeah. for NWA, the content was absurd. For, yeah, so for a seven-year-old, you know, it was
0: seven-year-old, you were listening to F the Police, and yeah. Yeah,
1: that was crazy. <laughs> and normally, I like the, the songs about fucking. I was yeah. like, oh,
0: wow, this is nuts.
1: Because <laughs> um, uh, we weren't allowed to curse, yeah. right? But here's this music that is just super vulgar and over the top. And I actually addressed that in my first album about... Mm. N.W.A. and Too Short and all these other mm. crazy things, things that I grew to actually emulate and love later on. Yeah. Um, and it was just kind of like, uh, mm, I don't know. And I wanted to play music, but I wanted to play jazz. I wanted to play the clarinet, and I wanted to be like Benny Goodman mm. and play the clarinet. And the the music, the only way, the only avenue that I knew in my young mind was the band at school. And this was like in, around high school now. So I just took out a big chunk of stuff, but in high school and I was like, oh, I want to play the clarinet like Benny Goodman. Mm. I watched the Benny Goodman story. I like big band jazz. I want to play the clarinet. And I went to to my high school band room and they were like, "Uh uh-uh, it doesn't work like that. Like (laughs) (laughs) you need to go to like music school or something like that. But I was like, this is a school. I thought you would teach me how to play. And they were like, no, if you wanted to learn how to play, Mm. you needed to have started back in like junior high or like grade school. And I was like, but nobody told us that, Mm. right? um so that was that those dreams were dashed and it was just kind of like but my, my father actually gave me the clarinet he had a collection of instruments he just happened to have a clarinet. It was like, here. and then it was like well I can't do that but I can do this rapping stuff so mm-hmm. let me just start rapping so that was like the failure in jazz the rejection Then it was like oh, I could do this rap and I started to rap you know and then that pool of influences is everything so from east coast west coast the south what was happening in the Midwest mm-hmm. at the time, which was like crucial conflict and do or die and Twister, um, and not so much common because I wasn't necessarily a backpack rapper. Yeah. Right? yeah so yeah, I wasn't yeah. like hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. It was like rap, like gangster rap mm-hmm. and rap, right? Um, and hip hop culture kind of came along as you discover these different rappers and you mm-hmm. discover Wu Tang Clan, you discover <clears throat> uh, Nas and these people who are just like you know, the torchbearers of kind of hip-hop culture at mm-hmm. the time in the mid-'90s. And then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I want that too. I mm-hmm. want some Timberlands or whatever I can afford. I want baggy jeans and fubu and mm-hmm. camouflage jackets, and I want to dress like Method Man and all this <laughs> other stuff. Um, and then once I got a rhythm and absorbed all this information and absorbed the art, could do it. You know, had a team of people to bounce the the, the, the work off of mm-hmm. who were also rappers so the quality was at a certain level and then like right in high school halfway in halfway out of high school i had a record deal oh, you know okay. so it was just kind of like now you're professional mm-hmm. you know so a, a, a small period in high school where it was very serious and like a gladiator school for rap and then right into the music business mm-hmm. you know and then
0: and was that was that the was it the group was uh the, the pack was it what's it
1: or yeah that was, was the pack yeah the pack so it was like this put together group hmm. and that was like 2001 okay. 2000 um yeah and that was like let's go now yeah. we're in the business and then the rest is you know history hmm.
0: and you, you mentioned your parents just now um when I was uh another kind of influence another writer who was influenced by Hunter S is uh Anthony Bourdain mm-hmm. um you were on the show recently um, mm-hmm. when he was featuring Chicago and your mom was on the show as well um, and you talk about, you know, how they kind of have a huge role as influencing your creative. I mean, your mom was a chef and an intellectual. Your father is a, a martial artist and engineer. I mean, that's those are very eccentric backgrounds, especially at that generation. Um, so what would you say was, you know, kind of your biggest inspiration from them? I mean, you mentioned a music influence from your father.
1: Um, definitely the music from my father, but not not rap music. Well, mm-hmm. rap music via him playing N.W.A. But his music was African music. Mm. But he played the bagpipes too, which is oh, weird. Yeah. Um. And he played the, but he full on played them mm. with the whole hat and everything else. The kilt and everything. I don't, everything a, I don't know. If, I don't remember if he had a kilt. He <laughs> might have had one. You would
0: remember if he had a kilt. But I,
1: I <laughs> My house was so was a menagerie of random things. But uh, so it could have been a kilt in there next to like some crazy African Zulu tri- spirits tri- there, Zero ridiculous. Masks, yeah. but uh anyway so the expansive music from my father how mm-hmm. big music is and then the intelligence of my father but then also his his uh his spiritual moorings right and his which fed into or from the martial arts and all of that, because mm-hmm. that was the totality of our life it was the martial arts. Yeah. Since we were kids, babies, literally. And then from my mom, it was a lot of, you know, my mom was very street smart, but well, she was a model and a seamstress and a chef and like all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, me and her would sit and have social and political conversations, um, at a very young age, right, and it would be like r- the range a range of topics, right, and then from also from my mom was just like, you know, it was a picture of Malcolm X, mm-hmm. you know, on our in in the house, and various uh, a collection of National Geographics and just an assortment of like all this material, you know, reading material, and then just her, me and her conversations, you know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like Sartre sitting next to you know. Einstein having a conversation, but mm-hmm. it was still, like, intense in terms of the the political ramifications of it, and that kind of shaped my social and political kind of outlooks mm-hmm. on life um, at that stage, and, you know, you mix all that together, and I think you can just look through my work, and you'll see, you know, oh, there's some mm-hmm. hint towards this, you know, idea, and it's like, oh, I learned that from my father, mm. you know, or there's this hint of this idea or this perspective, and it's yeah. like, oh, I got that from my mom, mm. you know. So, like, you take Daydreaming, um, and Daydream was uh, my father when I was, like, five. My father told me that if you put all the buildings together in mm. Chicago, yeah. you know, you put them all together. And at that time, we had the, we had the Sears Tower. Which was, like, the biggest mm. building in the world. And and he was like, if you put all these buildings together, they'll make a robot. Mm right like transform yeah 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 way. That's like your day and dream. i was like <laughs> <laughs> you know your mind is blown yeah and then you fast forward how, when did we do daydream 2005 2006 something like that anyway you fast forward 20 years let's call it 20 years um and you do a song about it and it wins a grammy mm. you know and yeah. it's kind of like that's my father <laughs> at work yeah. it was zany ideas but because he's an engineer mm-hmm. you really like really yeah <laughs> you know is that
0: really how that works and he possibly could have done it you know which is crazy yeah i mean you, the the sample was uh um i believe it was groove amada that had that that uh, sample but it's i think it was a originally a billy holiday song or something or anina simone song
1: for daydream yeah. i don't know so it was a weird i don't get any publishing from it so it doesn't matter. whoever wherever it came from yeah. everybody took their piece and hold and held it um for all of, for all time mm. but uh just because the sample was so like yeah, it's all old, over the place yeah, um, but I can't remember the initial I forgot who did it I don't know I don't know yeah but anyway the concept of that the outside yeah. of the music just the concept the sure, story sure. the words mm-hmm. the lyrics mm-hmm. you know were f- directly direct from mm-hmm. my father yeah,
0: yeah 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 um there's another song that I actually since you mentioned a song is um it's a uh, you know the fighters off of uh. The mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, 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 this is your lyrics, you know. Um, uh, I'm not going to try to rap it, but, you know, man, I really miss my pops. Hope that God watches over him and that he's on top. That there's no more disease and that he's all right mm-hmm. and that he's one of the generals inside the army of the light. So when my dad passed away in 2007, mm-hmm. that's actually something that I played, like, repeated and repeatedly. Like, mm-hmm. it just kind of caught something in me. Um, I mean, there seems to be a lot of backstory in that song. Um, I think the whole album of, you know, The Cool was with these stories, mm-hmm. um, you had lots of shout-outs with the, your 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 partner, I think, at the time. And so, can you talk a little bit about that song? Like, I mean, I'll just personally, I'm just curious. Like, mm-hmm. what are some of the, the the things that inspired that that track? Um, I was trying to remember the lyrics. Um, Fighters was like you talked about your grandma. You talked about yeah. yeah.
1: Like, I mean, it's it's it, it is what it is. Like, it's it's not super metaphorical. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't need a lot of Kind of like explication, yeah. um, it is. It's is there in plain view of what it is. It's kind of like a, a eulogy to my father mm. who had passed, um, and of course to my grandma. And we we still do that to this day. Peace and much love to you. Something mm. my grandma. We end every show with peace and much love to you, mm. and my grandma would do it like in a certain way. And she like super cool with it, trying to be hip. Um, but you know, it's it's. It's just eulogies, right? Mm-hmm. They're just like, this is it's a prayer. And I always, the, the thing with music, my father used to say this. He said, if you curse, every time you curse, you uh, you open up a, 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 you let a demon out of hell is what he would say. <laughs> um, and that was kind of like his reinforcing, because he rarely cursed, yeah. right? So it's we got to think easy left. for a lot of demons here. Um, but that was the thing. So it goes mm-hmm. back to that. Like, so what if you curse on a song, yeah, you know, and, you play and it a gets paid a billion times, you mm-hmm. let out a million demons. And I, I will say that in old interviews um and so like, okay well what if you say a prayer mm-hmm. right what if you say something nice What if you put something positive out there mm-hmm. then it just multiplies every yeah, time yeah. somebody plays it multiplies multiplies, multiplies it just mm-hmm. grows right so songs like fighters and songs that are in that vein so songs like mission mm-hmm. um which are about like cancer survivors and people who don't survive mm-hmm. cancer um songs like more than my heart um songs that have like that, the range of my career they have a the positivity in it is like I'm going to cheat. Like, I have the ability to, people, I know people are going to play it, even if they hate it, right? Yeah. They're going to have to play it, mm-hmm. right? To know that they hate it. And then I got it, right? I got whatever that blessing is going to be. Karma. That karma. Whoever got locked up from that, I got it already. Yeah, 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 Um, But, you know, lyrically, it's, it's it's. you know, I always think about my pops, um, and he's a, uh, he wasn't of this earth, you know? I'm kind of starting to realize the, 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 his power you mm-hmm. know, and what he actually what was you know and what he meant and it's not just me right there's like everybody he comes in contact with like yeah. he has a legendary you know kind of status of you know to, he's he is, is still you know trying to come up with the words to describe it but he's not of this he wasn't of this world mm-hmm. right? he just had too much knowledge too much power mm-hmm. too much too much in tune too much just big man he was a big man mm-hmm. right when somebody says he's a, he's a big guy like in all aspects of his life yeah um so it's hard to capture that you know so now it becomes if i can get 10 percent of what my father had mm-hmm. i would i could be president of the world you know <laughs> kind of thing
0: uh, now anybody can be president <laughs> <laughs> um uh switching gears a little bit um so i mean i I don't know Chicago very well. Um, I've been there a few times, but I see a lot of similarities between Beijing and Chicago, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, the two cities are huge. Um, they are known for being windy. Um, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that a yeah. Beijing thing? Uh, it, it, yeah, we had sandstorms the last week, and it was quite windy. Um, but, you know, also, you know, being the scale of the space and, you know, all these kind of big buildings and all the culture here also is kind mm-hmm. of a um, little rough around the edges, um, unapologetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they take their, you know, music and culture and art very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little similarity there. Uh, I, I don't know how much time you've been able to spend in the city. Um, and this is your first time in Beijing. This mm-hmm. is something, you know, what was your kind of first impression of the city?
1: Um, it's very ghetto, you know, <laughs> China's very ghetto. Um, and i you know, I've, I've been to Shanghai a few times. Mm-hmm. But never outside of Shanghai. You know, I've been, I went to Macau. It was like yeah. in Hong Kong for like a few hours. That's not really I've spent even. like extensive time in Shanghai, mm-hmm. and I was in, uh, I was in Pudong side, and I was in Yangpu, mm-hmm. and it was like the ghetto. Yeah. Right? Well, it's and it Pudong. was like, and now they're like they're they're kind of, they were kind of in the process of knocking it down. But mm-hmm. we were, you know, we would we were staying on the Bund, yeah. and then going into Yangpu every day to work. <laughs> And it was like super ghetto, right? Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, man, China is real, real ghetto. Like, is everybody <laughs> feeling this? And so you come to Beijing. So you fast forward, you come to Beijing. I just got here a few days ago. Come to Beijing. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is ghetto too. Like, yeah, this is, <laughs> you know? And I, I think one of the, one of the, the pieces of it is Y'all got projects, mm-hmm. you know, like your your tenements are projects, right? And I, and real projects because some of these buildings, and I know this from like my father. My father grew up in the projects. Mm-hmm. But he grew up in the projects in Chicago when they were first built, mm-hmm. right? So they're really nice, and they had they didn't have gates on them, and you know it was it was nice. And then like immediately they were like defunded, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it was it was it was uh, cohabitation with whites and blacks and mixed race and the whole thing. All the whites left. And it was like all the blacks just stayed. And then it were like, oh, we can't. This is like welfare. We gotta defund this. So they mm-hmm. defund the, the housing project. And it was like <laughs> But anyway, the model was sound, right? Because mm-hmm. it was it was eliminating the slums, mm-hmm. right? So this the tenements and the project buildings were replacements for the slums, which is a huge thing in Chicago for yeah. decades and decades and decades. Um and so that model was something that was Replicated here in China, so there was like there was stories of like you know officials coming from China to look at the this you know the the idea of the project mm-hmm. right in Chicago or in New York or whatever, and then take it back to China. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how we're gonna plan our cities and do all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you're basically analyzing the ghetto, right? <laughs> you're hey, there, take there, this, there, there's some you're areas this.
0: where you go check out, <laughs> and you're like, oh. This is this is exactly what the model is from, and um, I think when you need to house a ton of people, yeah. But, yeah. The,
1: but when you say the similarities between like Chicago is like, yeah, it might be literal, mm-hmm. you know, because it might be the same kind of planning, the you know, mm-hmm. same like urban planning in terms of building these buildings. Because a lot of it is, looks like New York, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere where there's a, a project culture, a, yeah. a tenement building culture, you know, it, it'll have, you know, similarities. And then also because of that, you might have some of the same mentalities that come out of that. Mm-hmm. You know? So my father always talked about a project mentality of people who live in a project stacked on top of each other, and then there's this weird relationship between you and the outside world, and you're like it's us versus them. And it just gets real really yeah. weird. So I see all that in China, mm. right? Um, you know, there's a there's a a, a, a seamy underbelly, mm. you know, um, in China. Yeah. Which I've come into contact with, so I know it exists. It's not me just mm-hmm. like hypothesizing. Mm-hmm. You know? I was like, "Nah, there's some, there's some grimy shit that goes down <laughs> here." Um, but at the same time, too, I know where it comes from. And I can relate, you know, because mm-hmm. that's where I come from. Yeah, you know, um, and so I feel halfway at home, right? But then there's also, you know. Also made money, and I've also been able to live a a, a very comfortable lifestyle, mm-hmm. materially, and so that's also here, mm-hmm. right? So you see this, you know, the Louis Vuitton store right across the street from the project building, and the, the you know, the, the kid, you know, trying to live the big city Beijing dream and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Um, and aspire to that, and so those same models, we had those same things, so we could look down the street from our projects in Chicago, and you could see downtown Chicago. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. Louis Vuitton store, but you could see like the city in the distance, and you want to aspire and get out of where you are. Um, so there's a lot, of t- rel- a lot of relativity. I feel very comfortable here, mm. um, and I also know kung fu. So that's the other part. It's like I'm also you do kung fu too. It's like yeah, we do kung fu. You want to come with us? <laughs> sort of cultural. Uh, uh, tendons yeah. and and you know we're kind of joined at the hip mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. me and me and China all of China you know so not just Beijing but because there's a lot of similarities between all of the cities too like mm-hmm. Beijing looks Zhang, Zhangzhou looks like this and Kangzhou mm-hmm. looks like that and they all have they all share similar qualities yeah. Oh. yeah you
0: mentioned this underbelly it's very much the um the music scene here the indie music scene here mm-hmm. it's like there's this Urge to be expressive and you know almost like it's a rebellion mm-hmm. um and that's kind of the interesting thing that you see i mean everything is calm and posh and clean and kind of put together kind of on the outside mm-hmm. but there's this you know the like these people you know young creative types that are you know, they're really really trying to kind of make a difference or get out mm-hmm. um, and you see that that you know that kind of raw edginess that you have with this because they don't have the resource or the or the sometimes mm-hmm. the, the attention, mm-hmm. so they're trying to get attention. Mm-hmm. Um, con- contrast it, we know with the, the 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 pop music that's very kind of formulaic and you know uh, star driven and mm-hmm. so forth. Have you had a chance to listen to any like music out here? Uh, any artists out here that you've you ever you've checked out?
1: Um, yeah, but I've I've discovered that they were all from Hong Kong, right? Uh, it was yeah. all like canto pop, right? <laughs> and I thought I don't I couldn't I was like is this music from china they're like yeah It's like that's not music from china you listen <laughs> to this is a hong kong music yeah hk music um so mm. i've met a few artists and a few people around and met them personally mm. um and kind of got a hint of the music and you know i've been studying international music for a while so international rappers the international rap scenes um it's just hard to get it from China. Japan was very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, Korea's is very easy. China was always like a weird place, and that's why I was like, I have to kind of just go there, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not really all you get in the West is like, you want some, you want some chicken fried rice? It's like, <laughs> nah, I want to know what you do on a daily basis. Yeah, you want some kung fu? It's like, nah, man. <laughs> you want to watch a Jet Li movie? Like, nah, man. I want to know what you do on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you weren't getting that from the music, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it was the language barrier and all this other stuff. So I haven't had a chance to like fully immerse because it's just hard to get, mm-hmm. right? So now we're getting like through like like beasts and different kind of outlets facing the west. Yeah, you get like Higher Brothers and you get like um, oh, who's the other who's the other guy? Mm-hmm. But you get like the new stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But all the old stuff, there's no people. I was sitting with uh with Jeff Kung, who's a producer here and we were just going shooting the shit, and it was just like, he was mentioning acts, Axe, and I was like, never Mm -hmm. heard of that guy, like never even, and he's the biggest dude of this, but Mm -hmm. then he's also, you know, contextualizing and saying that the hip-hop scene here is very niche under a niche under a niche under a niche for a long time, Um, and it's just starting to kind of turn the corner Mm -hmm. and become a little bit more visible and allow you to kind of you know, you start from a higher brothers, mm-hmm. and then you say, you can backtrack, and you can start having, come, well, where did they come from? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, then who were they listening to? And it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, who are your inspirations? But I'm, I'm super aware of the Iron Mike, though, mm. right? So the Iron Mike uh, freestyle battle thing was like, I uh, met Tiago in, in Shanghai, and he was like, yo, I'm telling you, this Iron Mike thing, and I looked at a few battles mm-hmm. and the whole thing. I was like, oh, shit, y'all been rocking for a while. And I was like, how big is it? And he's like, no, 60 cities. Like 60 cities he's like yeah we go to 60 cities and you got dudes repping this region this mm-hmm. is repping this province dude repping this city this crew repping that city and he's like they're all nice yeah. like, they're nice 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 so I do know that the uh, the level of talent here in terms of hip hop and rap is very high mm-hmm. um, even though I can't understand the word that yeah. they're saying yeah. you know.
0: well I think Mandarin is actually quite conducive to rhyming <laughs> 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 I mean mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of syllables and sounds that um, and actually because Chinese is a very flexible language mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, there's a lot you can potentially do with it, mm-hmm. but I think the culture is not necessarily there. Mm-hmm. Not like you know um, parts of the states where it's much more of a, like you mentioned before, the projects, you know, or the street culture, or you know, that it's kind of organic. They're still trying to emulate, but they're not actually creating something of their own yet. Mm-hmm. But I think it's getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, like you mentioned, these Iron Mike battles. Um, there are a lot of these things that you would never never heard of, but they're huge. Um, just because of the sheer amount of people who have They actually
1: have <laughs> access to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's one of the misconceptions, though. I think that there's a lot of, in terms of content, mm-hmm. right? It's a lot of it's the same, right? And there's only so much about the ghetto that's different mm-hmm. around the world, yep. right? Um, and you're going to wind up talking about the same things, the same aspirational things, the same material things, the same... Motivations and mm-hmm. the same spiritual conflicts or the emotional conflicts they're all the same, so mm-hmm. even though it's in Mandarin or it's in English or somebody dresses it up this way or dresses it up that way um unless you unless you get somebody who's like straight talking about Shaolin mm-hmm. right but then it's like well Wu Tang does that too right yeah, they and yeah, yeah. they, they talk about Shaolin boxing and chess boxing and all this other yeah. stuff. If you talk about something that's specifically you know historically a part of Chinese culture mm-hmm. right and you grab that and you then you 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 find a way to kind of process that and turn that into hip hop and then that becomes a new outlook, right? But from what I've noticed in my travels and not only China and Japan and France and wherever you go, um the westernization and uh the the kind of just the modernity, mm-hmm. right? That's that's the frame you're gonna have. Yeah, right. And that's what you're gonna talk about, mm-hmm. right? um unless it's something that's and china has this and this is one thing that i'm kind of waiting to see if people are actually that's what i'm actually thinking about right mm-hmm. like i already know about aston martin's and maybach's and mm-hmm. the project life and coming up and buying your mother a new house mm-hmm. and trying to do this and trying to do that and so yeah i I, we, I get that in every country that i go to but china has a history that's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years old mm-hmm. and it's kind of like who's talking about this you know these different dynasties can you even talk about that you know things that are just like We don't know about Mm -hmm. things that we couldn't possibly understand. How does the, you know, and maybe they do, right? Maybe they do. It's more about things that are essentially Chinese, even Mm -hmm. in the modern day, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to like Aston Martins and Chanel and, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to be like Jay-Z. It's like, no, what are are you doing? You know? Um, What's authentic to them. What's authentic to you, right? Like what's the authentic kind of thing? Um, And that I haven't seen yet. Right mm-hmm. that's why i'm that's why I'm kind of waiting. I think that might be the corner that even Jeff was talking about, or yeah. even that I'm kind of thinking It's like mm-hmm. you know what are you what is the new generation going reaching into the past and bringing mm-hmm. back okay what are they referencing that we don't know in the west mm-hmm. right that we are like we live in the some of us probably live in the exact same project buildings right mm-hmm. probably designed by the same crew and we shopping at the same shops and eating the same McDonald's mm-hmm. and, and you know the whole thing it's like what is culturally that we're gonna get, right? yeah. Because I want to go to a concert and it's like Chinese guy up there rapping. He's got on the same clothes I got. I just <laughs> I bought mine from H and M in New York. He bought his from H and M in Beijing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we both talking about H and M. Was like, yeah. but I just can't understand. What like.
0: <laughs> but it is, it is becoming a bit of that now around the world. I mean, this mm. idea of globalization. But that's a you know separate topic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, have you? I know you retired from music and everything. But um, uh, have you thought about collaborating with a local artist here?
1: um yeah 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 actually it was uh uh you know I've, I've, again all of my all of my experiences thus far has been shanghai experiences um but i've been talking to dj wordy and i'm like yo wordy come on man like let's what's up yo send me some beats yo let's work mm-hmm. on something yo um but i've worked with uh i've worked with edison Chen a long time ago Oh, okay. Like, me and eddie got some music yeah a long time ago uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he had to stay low. special. first. yeah. Stay low for, for a <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna put him on blast. But yeah. shout shout to to Poon and, and yeah. that never happened either. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like how things <laughs> never happen. You know, this interview never happened. We're done. Um, nah, but so I've wor- I've I've done it. So I've been on a song with another artist rapping in Mandarin, mm-hmm. right? Um, What's the What's
0: the name of the track? It was called uh,
1: Chickapow. Okay. Called cool. Pow, like a gun. Chick-a- yeah, yeah, yeah. Chickapow. It's on the internet. It's I did it a while ago, right? So I've I've had an experience where I went around the world and started wanting to work with different artists and mm-hmm. work with different things and done that. And you know, you you don't have a knowledge of you know who's really the real rappers, you know. So you just gotta kind of get with who is the person. And then mm-hmm. the dudes and the dudes in the on the ground are like, Yo, why you work with him? Like yeah, we don't yeah, yeah. we don't rock with him. If you want to rock with somebody, you need to be rocking with this guy. But you won't know that mm-hmm. right until you. You know, until you kind of like jump in the pool, mm-hmm. right, and then get wet, and then you figure out the rest of it later. Yeah. So that's where I'm at now. You know, so okay. hopefully we'll uh, you see some collaborations, yeah, soon. But we'll we'll see, we'll see. You know, I'm not I'm not really in a rush for that. Mm-hmm. Um, if something comes up that's that's genuine and good, then yeah, you don't we'll, have to do we'll talk just about it. China. Yeah, 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 I'm you not. Should, you should do yeah. it because you because I actually genuinely mm-hmm. want to do it. You know. Yeah.
0: Okay, so um, we're taking some of your time, but. Last question I kind of wanted to ask, um, and you can fill the jump in, Philip, if you. Anytime yeah,
1: Philip has just been like, chill. <laughs> like, i I think I think it's a bit early
0: for him. Philip's like, I'm cultural revolution. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not even here, yo. It
0: never, it never, <laughs> happened. <laughs> never happened. You never know. happened. I was never happened. No, he he's, he, <laughs> here, he he's here for the diversity. <laughs> exactly. You know, like somebody has to. Be That's funny. Yeah, somebody has to be the blonde <laughs> white guy in China <laughs> to balance it out. Otherwise, there's too much too many minorities here. Um, yeah, do you have any questions for, for Lupe? I, I was actually uh, interested in how um, you know, what was your first uh you know, contact to China or like the first idea about China and how I mean was it a book or was it a movie or mm-hmm. was you know Kung Fu? What 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 Um It was all it was Kung Fu. It was
1: just how everybody else got it. We had a big Chinatown in Chicago. Um not as big as like San Francisco or New York, but still sizable, you know, mm-hmm. a decent sized community. Um and we actually used to go there and do You know, buy martial arts supplies. My father did martial arts. We had karate schools and the whole thing, and we'd go to Chinatown to buy the martial arts supplies. Mm -hmm. You know, and then eat some food. You know, eat the food there, and and then it got to the point where for Chinese New Year, um, we would we had a lion's dance. We had a lion dance team at our at our school, Um, and so we would do the lion dance. You know, in Chinatown, one of the one of the teams, right? Um, So and then you get all this, you get all of the kung fu movie and everything else. But, you know, some of my initial memories and strong, hard memories are like in Chinatown,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, and then all of, you know, you have tons of influences there. So you got Mandarin, you got Cantonese, you got people from Taiwan, you got mm-hmm. people from all over the place just kind of sitting in that spot. But you still just get this general sense of Chineseness, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it was interesting. You know, it's was, it was exotic. It was different. You're like, oh, the food tastes good. I like to fight. You know, Hmm. Bruce Lee's cool, you know, and then it just kind of builds. Right. Um, And then you get these misconceptions. Right. And you think that that's how China is, that it's people walking around in kung fu suits, (laughs) you know, eating with chopsticks all day and, you know, doing lion dances. And it actually wasn't my, a trip to China that dispelled that kind of thinking. It was a trip to Japan, because mm. I actually thought the same thing about Japan. I yeah. thought everybody walked around with samurai swords <laughs> and like bowed to each other, and there was yeah. no McDonald's, and you ate on the floor and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then you go there, you're like, yo, this fucking McDonald's here. You got all Nikes. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and my first trips to Japan had nothing to do with the martial arts. It was all hip-hop, right? Yeah. And so you just make the... You know, as you travel around the world, you make the correlations, you're like, oh, the, all the world is like this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all modern. It's all kind of caught up. It's not kind of trapped in the past. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it's active and living and growing. And um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So my first thing to China was, you know, a trip to Chinatown. Mm-hmm. And you see, oh, who's that? Who's this? What's this? Ah, ah, mm-hmm. I like it. Let's do it. Ah, I want some food. Chinese fried. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You know. And then now that I'm here, yo, let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs>
0: here we just call it food. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had the McDonald's here? Yes,
1: yeah, delicious, <laughs> <It's> delicious. <I laughs> My first experience with food in China, I was like, this food is disgusting. <laughs> like, we went to some random place because we just thought everything was gonna be good, like you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, this Chinese food is disgusting, and then we ate French food for the rest of the trip and like KFC, <laughs> and I didn't get a, I didn't get a decent, uh, like lit, like Chinese food, you know, what we, you know, whatever we considered chinese cuisine like a mm-hmm. chinese meal until i like drove like 2 hours from shanghai and was at this little weird temple kind of place and the food was like oh my god this is what i was... i need more of this yeah. <laughs> so now i'm now now i know not to just go into any restaurant in china and expect yeah. it to be off the chain. yeah
0: they actually have a lot of a uh, good um hello food here as well yeah, yeah so i love uh, the yeah. beef noodle. Yeah. 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 yeah 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 so the beef noodles and the the, the lamb skewers and that's like a very uh Typical Beijing kind of snack. Well, I think right. I was
1: just being naive. I think I was just like, let me just go into a place. And it was like, nah, bro. You need to be a little bit more discerning, <laughs> you know, with your choices. Mm, definitely. Uh,
0: There's also different regions where, you know, from food from different regions. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you have you tried Xinjiang food, for example? From yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, from the West? yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Xinjiang is very, very yeah. good because I'm Muslim in Halal, yeah. so mm-hmm. I, that, that was like mm. leaning towards that. But I'm looking for a Peking duck, right? Ah. Mm-hmm. So now we're on the hunt for like... like we call it number 10 mm. Peking duck, like the best, the best Peking duck mm. in Beijing. So that's one to hunt for the next like few days. To okay, find I can give you some recommendations. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we
0: have duck here, but I can also give you some recommendations.
1: Yeah, duck it was good. It was <laughs> a six. <laughs> this, that, is, that isn't my number. That's yeah. from uh, 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 Hugo who's traveling
0: with him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all, all good, all Hugo, good.
1: I was like, Hugo, what, one to 10, what is this? <laughs> he was like, mm. Mm. Six. Yeah. I'd like <laughs> hey, six.
0: Six is a six. Is a C. <laughs> six is a C. I'll take it. <laughs> no, but
1: food is really good. Yeah. The environment is, but I like it here. The hotel is very vibe, man. Okay. It's very good. Cool. Cool. Good Yeah.
0: So, last questions for me. Just curious, what do you listen to? I mean, what are some of the things, you, who artists you listening to today?
1: Oh man.
0: Uh, recommend recommend something that uh, you know.
1: Man, Metallica.
0: Okay. They just came to Ch- uh, Shanghai, I think. Yeah, that's a lot yeah a few months ago uh,
1: listen Metallica listen to uh, Max Richter if you're into uh, some uh, Vivaldi you want to hear some classical recompositions Max Max Richter's Four Seasons Recomposed is an amazing piece uh, Kurt Elling Man in the Air album it's an old album he's a jazz singer but he's, he's one of the most amazing he's one of my favorite lyricists of all time mm. um, Prodigy Live album okay go get that um and get that new Lupe Fiasco. <laughs> uh Jogas <Drug laughs> Light album in stores right now. Make sure you go get that too. Um Yeah, that's it, man.
0: Okay. Cool. This is this is uh your, your last album?
1: No, no, no. So there's a uh, oh, on, on this on this uh there's Jogas Light, light yeah. which just came out. Mm-hmm. Uh there's Jogas Wave, which is coming, uh, which is a very serious album. Mm-hmm. Light, Light is literally a very light album. Mm-hmm. Wave is a very serious album, okay, very deep. Um so Drug us Wave is coming in the next few months. Okay, cool. And then that album that I, I was writing for like 5 years will hopefully be out by the end of the year. Wow, that's, a, top lot, that's year. a lot of material. So there's 3
0: albums wow. this year.
1: And then um Off Into the Sunset.
0: Okay, cool. On that note, well, thanks for uh taking time out today
1: thank you for not having me here (laughs) (laughs) and for us not having this interview at all yeah
0: appreciate it thank you yeah this interview never happened yeah this interview never happened happened. philip never happened yeah (laughs) cool thanks a lot thank you man